everyone. This is Lauren, and welcome to this episode of the Four of a Kind podcast. This podcast is for all of those out there just like us trying to figure out what's next in our careers. So join us and our guests as we discuss navigating our jobs, entrepreneurship, and all the ups and downs along the way. I'm here with my three co-hosts. Hi, everyone. It's Kelsey. Hi, it's Grace. And this is Michelle. Today, we're going to talk about how we found our mentors or we didn't. Uh, Mentorship is a popular buzzword today, and many of us have attended career development sessions around the importance of having someone who could provide guidance that is unbiased, really, around whether it's career and or personal decisions that we face on a pretty regular basis. Like the number three book on mentoring and coaching on Amazon's site, it's how to make shit happen. So um, to start this episode, we're all going to go around and talk about how we met our first mentor and started the mentor-mentee relationship. So let's start with Lauren. Okay. So I'm glad you say or doesn't have a mentor because I was when we started going off on this discussion, I was a little intimidated because I don't have a formal mentor. Um, I've had people come and go that are supportive of me, like, you know, supervisors or people that are in executive management that have my back on certain things, but none that I would say, um, even as I've moved on to different roles, have remained as a formal mentor. I honestly think it's more of a, you have to trust people and tell them exactly what you want to go for in your career and when you might be looking to shift organizations. And I think that's probably a layer of trust that in a professional setting, I just haven't gotten to with people. I also always think that when I do share a lot of these, okay, I want to leave this organization or I'm going to start this venture. I always thrive on being a little bit different. And maybe that's kind of going back to the risk thing, risk thing we talked about last week, where maybe I'm a little bit more risk tolerant, but people that are really successful in these traditional roles in like a corporate hierarchy, when I tell them I've had this happen in the past, they, they don't necessarily understand it and they don't know how to give you good advice to go do it. So they know exactly how to kind of you advice to get where they went or what they see as successful, but that's kind of a generation beyond us is a little bit more, I think, risk averse of um, moving up in the hierarchy, a very straight lines way, maybe. At least that's my experience. That kind of path always seems a little bit boring to me. I can go on tangents about this all, all day long. Well, I kind of wanted to focus on something that we talked about offline, which is, you know, you're starting a farm soon, which is, or you, you bought a farm last year and that's like super exciting. That's super different. And uh, oh my gosh, it's been a year. We should celebrate. It's been a year. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was there for for planting day. And while that's kind of a non-traditional career in this day, um, I suspect that you didn't just rely upon Google or podcasts um, and did your own research. There's one person I'm thinking of in particular that it sounds like you have a pretty great relationship with, and that's your father-in-law. Can you talk a little bit about how that was a mentoring relationship and maybe not so much a formal one um, in the traditional sense? Probably one of the reasons why I don't have as many what I would say professional formal mentors is because I have a really strong relationship and I get a lot of advice career-wise and otherwise from my family and my in-laws, my husband, and in particular, my father-in-law, because he is he came from the same industry that I'm in. And so he kind of understands the world 
big engineering a aerospace and defense world is like pretty it's its own world unto itself and so to actually understand kind of all the players in that space he's always been really helpful but then he also understands you know me and my husband personally so he knows kind of what we've always wanted and that was i think helpful when we were going off starting the farm and starting the vineyard and he comes out and helps us also like map out where we're going to plant, measure things. <laughs> he got, he came out a couple of weeks ago to like help Matt measure where they're going to put like our fencing and how the rows are going to look and all, all that kind of good stuff. So I do think that, yeah, just getting that like soundboard about my career, formal career wise from him. And then also kind of on the entrepreneurial side, that's something that unless someone really knows you personally, like he does, yeah. it's hard to get that aspect of so, Lauren, maybe to put it differently, maybe it's not that you don't have a mentor per se, but your mentors are just, you know, not the traditional mentors that people think about when they hear that word, which include, you know, the Jedi masters of the world. Did I even get that right? I've actually never watched <laughs> one single Star Wars movie, so hopefully that's the correct one. Um, or Yoda. Or one of the senior leaders in your organization or industry. In your case, it sounds like your mentors are your family because it is them that you go to for advice. And it sounds like your father-in-law is actually, you know, in the same field as you. So I'm sure I'm sure that was helpful. So I don't think we necessarily have to restrict the definition of mentors to just people at work or in a professional setting. I think there are a number of avenues where we can find mentors outside of work, but we just need to work a little harder to foster those relationships. I think it could be at an organization where you volunteer at, or it could be someone within your one of your group affiliations, or even someone you met at a conference, and maybe you share something in common that can serve as a bond. Um, but you do have to put in some work to establish that relationship. And the first step is finding a common ground and you know ask yourself, why would this person want to keep in contact with me or is there anything or is there something we share in common or is there anything I can bring to the table? That's so funny that you guys came out with that organically. That's kind of what I wanted to get at. And Grace, it was so well said. That's, that's kind of my point that, uh, you know, mentors show up in all shapes, sizes and forms. And it's about that initial connection. And one of these things that I did at at my firm is to create a speed mentoring event where you can meet a lot of people who are looking for mentors and who are willing to be mentors because it takes a lot of kissing frogs in order to find that prince. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you before we move on of one funny story about like the initial bond of me and my father-in-law. So my so me and Matt, my husband's second date was in downtown Annapolis, and his parents were on that second date with us. Oh, wait, why? <laughs> just no pressure. They... <laughs> <laughs> right. Just because. <laughs> Did Matt just go, um, so I'm taking you on a second date with my parents? Yeah, Ready to meet my parents? He was, like, he was like, so my parents invited themselves. <laughs> Anyways, so we, um, when I first was talking to him, because me and my father-in-law worked in the same industry, we actually, he worked at the company I was at, he had previously worked, and the current, like, CTO of the company was one of his friends that he worked with way back in the day. And so, initially, Bond, over knowing this individual, it was just a really small world. So, he was like, after our second, me and Matt's second date, he was like, oh, yeah, Matt, I love her. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a good story. The rest is history. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've been um, jotting down notes while you guys were talking because I think you said some interesting things. And I think my view, just my experience, is somewhat similar to Lauren's in that I wouldn't say I feel like I have a formal mentor or group of mentors. But at the same time, I think I've realized how important it is to have someone you can go to to bounce ideas off of and that that is not your boss and responsible for like the day-to-day management of you and I and honestly I think that that's hard because especially when you're earlier in your career you come into work you're used to a very hierarchical relationship with your boss and you have to listen to them and you kind of forget that you should be going out there and finding other people that might have different views or that can give you comments and kind of have a a view looking in and what you're doing versus being like in it with you. I think that the perspective piece. And the other thing that you talked about was the difference between someone that knows you versus knows your job and your industry. And maybe that can be overlapping, but I think that's another reason why sometimes you have different people that you go to for different things, but maybe it's important to feel like you have someone that knows you. And I my, I think my struggle had been thinking that I needed to find someone in my industry because I couldn't possibly explain what I wanted to someone. I guess, sorry, take a step back there. I felt like I was in an industry that I wasn't sure I was going to be in in the long term. So I felt like, oh, I can't go find a mentor because I know I'm not going to I'm not going to take the next five steps of my career in this industry. So therefore, like, there's no one I could possibly talk to. But I think I should have spent more time talking to people that just knew me and could give me advice from that perspective. And the industry sort of shouldn't have mattered so much. And so I was sort of limiting myself to a pool of people that if I'm not going to take the next five steps of my career in this industry, should I be talking to someone that's five steps more senior to me? And in reality, if that was a, pers- a relationship I had on a more personal level, that probably was a good person to talk to, even if I wasn't going to go on here forever. So I think in retrospect, that's like if I could go back and give myself advice, that is what it would be. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, Kelsey. I think that's a reason why a lot of people hesitate to reaching out to people who they would love to you know, get some insight into like what they should do next and whether not even in a pivotal moment, but like, what should I be doing in this scenario? Like, I have no idea. Like I've never encountered this, this particular personality. Like how can I get through that particular situation? And the fear of, you know, asking someone and wasting their time. Whereas on the flip side, I I don't think we're wasting anyone's time because that person gives the, gets the opportunity to share their experience and feel like, wow, I can actually help someone. And it's kind of like, um, I think asking for favors is a pretty universal thing, right? And we, as it's human nature to hesitate to ask for a favor, but many times when our friends or even loose acquaintances ask favors of us, like as we're putting this podcast together, a lot of people are so willing to help us. A lot of people have been willing to help me and all of us on this podcast on non-related podcast stuff, let alone like stuff for this particular podcast. Right. I, I think we need to somehow demystify that concept that it's it's scary. Yes, it's scary to ask someone for a favor, but the person on the other end of that request is probably very willing to to grant whatever wish 
or desire you have. Yeah, I, um, I mean, it is a relationship, right? Which, by definition, is a two-way street. So I think, I think we could probably look at it as even if the mentor, whoever you're approaching, isn't asking for anything in return or isn't going to be asking for anything in return, I think one of the ways that you can make the most out of a mentorship relationship is if you make sure that that you're not always just taking in the relationship, right? And just keep in mind, what can I bring to the table? What can I potentially help this person with? And maybe you don't think that there would be anything because you know, like this person is 10 years older than you with so much more experience, but you'd be surprised. And if you kind of go into a conversation with here's what I can help you with, um, if you need it in the future, I think that's really helpful. So yeah, Grace, that's a really great point. So um, that's something that I think mentors will naturally seek out from you. You don't have to go into a scenario and say, oh, this is what I can provide to the mentor. It'd be great if you could go into that relationship with that idea. Um, I'm just going to go into a little bit of, of my story, which is more traditional and more conventional compared to the other stories that you guys have heard already, which is I, I have a mentor at work who works at my organization and he's been there since day one because I very unnaturally walked up to him and said, hey, I have like 10,000 questions. Do you have time to grab lunch with me one day during the workday so I could ask you about our business and our organization because I was new to the organization at the time? And he said yes. And it turns out that he's given me so much great advice over the years. So I, I asked him about going to grad school, and it turns out that he actually went to the same school that I was thinking of applying to. But he, instead of having a biased opinion, he gave me a framework to think through whether it was a good idea for me or not. And and besides that, like he, he gave me plenty of advice of how to go through and navigate the organization that we work at. But Beyond that, I, I didn't realize over the years until about last year, and I've known this person for about 10 years, I didn't realize what I had been providing to him, which was insight into the part of the organization that I operate in. I don't report directly to this guy. And I have a completely different perspective. I am millennial and he is not a millennial. And I work directly with a specific type of customer and he works with customers too, but in a very different framework. And so he had been asking me over the years about how's my job going? Am I liking it? What's going on in my field? And so he's getting all this information from me. And I, I didn't realize how much that taught him about what it's like to be a millennial in the workplace in our organization. That helped him as a senior leader frame how the organization can transition into a place that is and exciting working place for millennials. And so what I've experienced is that mentors may not necessarily have an like an idea in mind of what they want to get out of you, and nor do you need to have an idea of what you're going to provide to your mentors, but it, it will happen naturally throughout the course of, of the relationship. That's a good point. I Back to the, the first point was someone told me that people people like to talk about themselves, and I don't mean that like in a in a very like egotistical like egocentric way but you it's flattering for that person that you're asking them for advice so just at the very basic level it seems like a scary thing to ask but people will welcome it and i know first of all having had to you know 
totally put aside any fear I had in during this job search I just went through because I the number of people I asked for this was sort of like out of control. But I think as I've gotten as other people have reached out to me over the years asking me for my advice, I'm like I'm flattered and I I would love to have that conversation. And I'm sure there's like certain people where they maybe they get 300 emails a day asking this and I can see how you have to figure out a way to manage your time. But since I'm not in that boat, it's flattering and I'd love to do it. And so I think understanding that feeling makes you realize that like it's not as scary as it sounds. Although Michelle, you were when we were talking about risk taking on our last longer episode, you were like, I never take risks. And I love that you started this story with. So one day I just went up to him and asked him if he could have lunch so that I could ask him all these questions about the business. And he's this senior guy in the company. And um, so I thought that was a good example of Michelle taking a little risk. <laughs> um, uh, and then the other thing that developing like an official or it doesn't have to be official mentor relationship, but someone that you're going to over the course of time or over the course of your career, not just for one specific question one time, you can develop relationships, I wouldn't say it's hard, but the follow-up aspect is something that I think will make you stand out to that person. So if you ask someone for advice and then you go use it somewhere and you follow up with them, you've already sort of doubled down on that relationship. And I think that's a piece that you now can go back to them, follow it up, and you've sort of checked in. Now you can go back to them again and continue that discussion. Now you've sort of created an opening for that relationship to grow, whether or not it's your sort of go-to person throughout your career. I think that's one of the important parts of having, making it kind of a formal relationship is so that you have like a schedule that you know you're going to keep up and and both parties have the expectation that you're going to keep up and you trust that it's going to continue like down a path that, you know, like you're going to know what's happening in each other's careers throughout. Right. It's exactly like dating. It's exactly like that. Like if you don't like follow up three days later or like in, in a mentor relationship, it's probably longer than three days later. But if you don't follow up, then the other person doesn't know if you're interested and the other person doesn't know you're interested, then they may not follow up too. And it's kind of like dating in the same way that what if like it, it's a little bit scary to be the first person to follow up. Um, yeah. I one time had a, a, another mentor of mine come up and say, hey, we haven't met up for like six months. What's going on? In other words, in like dating language, are you breaking up with me or like are <laughs> did you I like, do something? Did yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. So it, it goes both ways. And I'm sorry, I really like the dating analogy. Because <laughs> there are so many parallels. The way through. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. These are a couple of things of like what to do. Let's talk about some of the pitfalls or some of the traps that we've fallen into. I'm happy to kick it off, but if if one of you have examples of where other people fell into these trap doors that that are like all over the place as you're trying to establish relationships, um, please go ahead. Follow-up piece is something that I have focused on improving on. So as I say this, if there's anyone out there who I've not followed up with, please send me an email and call me out. Um, (laughs) But um, I think the other thing is being prepared for discussion. So Michelle or Lauren, I'd be curious your view, because sometimes if you have a really good relationship with someone, it's fine to just kind of be like, I just need to chat and get it out of my system or whatever it is. I need to talk through something. But other times I think you need 
to put in a little bit of time and prepare for a discussion so that you can be asking for a specific piece of advice. And I think that helps the person help you. With time. It, it, yeah, so I'll, I'll start and answer one of the questions. Um, it, when I think about the various, pe- various people that I continue to keep in touch with on different um, schedules, I hope you guys don't think I'm putting you all on some sort of schedule or timeline, but there are some individuals out there who I know from their personality where they want a more structured conversation for exactly the reason that you said, Kelsey, because they want to be able to feel like they are providing some sort of advice on it during every conversation. And you want it to be meaningful too. So I typically, I'm thinking of one person in particular, I typically walk into the person's office and, you know, a week in advance and I have an agenda of three items. And sometimes we go off on tangents and we talk about examples, but it always goes back to those three example, those three bullets for that particular meeting. There are other individuals where I just go in and talk about my day and we're like, okay, well, here are three things that we need to talk about because based on how your day, your week, your month is going, it sounds like you're having trouble with these items. And in the latter situation, it's someone helping me think about the blind spots that I have as opposed to the three things that I am aware of, the three challenges that I'm facing, as opposed to the three challenges I am facing that I don't know about. So it really depends on who that person is and what sort of situation or situations I'm in at that particular point. Yeah, I think when it comes to, because I've had this discussion and a, a couple times about like what your actual ask is when you go into a conversation, because it goes back to the We don't feel comfortable asking for favors. I like to be prepared that I know why I have reached out to this individual in particular, but I hate going in thinking that I'm, it's for a particular ask and, and, and favor that I might need versus like, I know that this individual, the conversation would be good and probably has the right experience that just like them telling me their story would probably be helpful in some way. And so that's kind of the, balance that I find interesting. And I kind of think I've gotten better at making sure that I'm prepared for, you know, exactly what I would want out of the conversation. It's the same, same as you, Kelsey, like, it's because we've been doing it so much lately. Like, yeah, like, um, you kind of get better at it over time. Yeah, I think, it, and I think that's why it's why I feel like I was a little late to the game. And I have gotten better at it now. But I'm not like a young spring chicken in my career anymore. There, It would have been valuable to have done this sooner, I think, because sometimes it takes time and sometimes you just need practice. And, and it, Michelle, I'm going to ask you a question because I feel like you've dedicated time throughout your career to this. Because I'm neurotic about this topic. Yeah, yeah but I think that, <laughs> no, it's, like, it's, it's great. And different people will give you different perspective or have different perspectives. So how... Is there like a certain number of people that you would include in your group of main of main mentors or what is that or is there you know you have someone that you would go to for questions about getting a project done at work but someone you would go to about the next role and someone you would go to about I don't know something else totally different um podcasting <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might need a podcast mentor guys I, that's probably true. That's an interesting question. Let me think about it. I do have a lot of mentors. Some are more formal and some are more official than others. But I, I'm one of those people who I just 
always admit I don't know the answer all the time, except when I tell my nieces and nephews, I'm like, I know everything. <laughs> um, one day they're going to find out, or maybe one day they're going to listen to this podcast and be like, oh, Auntie Michelle didn't have any idea what she was doing, which half the time I don't. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. But I, I do have a lot of people that I ask and solicit advice from before making decisions. Um, and I ask different people different things based on their experience, their expertise, their knowledge base, their relationships with other people and understanding of whether it's an organization or an industry or just they're really good at specific things. You know, I have somewhere between five to 10 formal-ish mentors that I meet with on a a semi-regular basis. And I say semi-regular because it might be once a year, but like we text about like family and kids and other things in life. But formally we meet about work-related things once a year. Um, I have other mentors that I meet with very intentionally on a quarterly basis. I have a mentor who is also slash a sponsor, which there are two different definitions for mentors and sponsors. But this person, like I meet with on a quarterly basis because there are things happening within the organization that I might not be aware of, but that person wants to give me the heads up about so I can impact my segment of the organization in a more deliberate manner. And I also have a lot of informal mentors and I'm thinking of one person in particular who I had no idea who thought so highly of me but pushed me into applying it to the role I now have today and in absence of this person just saying to me hey by the way you need to apply to this position he's now my peer which is like really weird but we have a mentor peer relationship and he pushed me into the role and now he kind of tells me about like the various things I need to be thinking about it. And it's a little bit weird because we compete because on the other hand, he coaches and teaches me about how to do things in the right way because I'm less than a year into my current role. So they do take all sizes, shapes and forms. And to answer your original question, somewhere between five and 10, depending on where I am in life and where I'm, where I plan on going. But I will say that I do have some people who are less experienced than me who do give me advice. They may or may not be considered mentors, but they've experienced life or work or their careers in a completely different manner. And I learned so much from them too. And that's probably a less traditional definition of mentor, but they give me so much unsolicited advice about how I could be doing things differently and better. So it's actually funny that you you mentioned and hit all of those because so when we were doing research for this episode, there was a, a ink, um, ink.com uh, article about the five different mentor types that you should have. And I think you hit every single one of them. So kudos to you, Michelle, <laughs> Good job. Um, but it includes, clearly I'm neurotic. <laughs> yeah. It includes masters of the craft, which is people that are just like superstars in what you do champions of our cause, which sounds more like the sponsor type relationship, co-piloting colleagues. So that would be your peer anchors, which is um, the kind of like person that you trust psychologically and probably on a deeper level and then reverse mentors. So the people that are younger than you, so you can kind of understand what you're doing right in the leadership role and how they see it. So we can post that in the show notes. Good, good on Michelle for killing that. (laughs) I, I guess I will say that 
they happened fairly organically because, again, I kissed a lot of frogs and I'm one of those people, I guess. I think I'm shy, but a lot of people don't think I'm shy. And I just will go up to people randomly and be like, hey, want to be my friend? Um, (laughs) And that's probably one of the reasons why over time, over my career, I've had all these various relationships and you know I probably had mentors earlier on in the in my career that I that I don't keep in contact with anymore today unfortunately it it, it's not easy it's not easy at all and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort to build these relationships and keep them going and they're pretty much like friendships like if you don't talk to your friend on a regular basis, that friendship's probably going to die on the vine pretty soon. On the other hand, you work really hard at the other relationships that you want to keep for a long, long time. And it's it's pretty much like that. But it's it's hard to find those that close group of friends that you rely on and that you trust wholeheartedly because there's going to be heartbreak. It's a relationship. And so unfortunately, you're going to trust these people who end up, they make mistakes. And so... There are going to be a lot of frogs, a lot of toads. The other thing I kind of wanted to touch upon is the importance of having mentors who are not in your direct reporting structure. Um, There's an article that we can post this in the notes too, but from um, a site called Mentor Cloud, where there are very good reasons to have mentors who are not like your direct manager because while that person may want to give you a lot of advice and you want to solicit a lot of direct career related advice from that person there might be some element of lack of transparency for the protection of the both of you um and you can you can read that Mm -hmm. those articles a little bit more but i can think of one where my heart broke when i couldn't tell this person who reported directly to me on what he needed to do exactly to crush this interview. He was looking to get to the next step in his career and I wanted to give him the cheat sheet. I really wanted to because I think the world of him. On the other hand, it's not it wasn't my job nor would it have been fair because I was the hiring manager at the time. And I was just thinking to myself like I wish there was someone else that you were reaching out to right now, not me cuz it would be like me giving you the answers to the test. But if it was someone not direct, like if he wasn't reporting to me and I wasn't the hiring manager, I could tell him like, this is the type of presentation you need to create for this particular role when you apply and when you interview with these three people. And it was so heartbreaking because I wanted to just give him the answers because I wanted him to get that job so badly, but it would not have been a fair situation. And so for the protection of me and for the protection of him, it ended up being a situation where that was that was not a good reason for me to, you know, help him out with that situation. But a men- if it was a mentor relationship, I could have definitely given him some more unbiased advice. I think that's a good distinction. And it's sort of, I don't know if that's necessarily what the sponsor mentor distinction as well, but sometimes the sponsor is more overlapping with a reporting structure, or maybe it's, you know, one or two bumps ahead of you, not necessarily your direct manager or hiring manager. Um, But I think it's sort of what I was saying earlier, you need, it's the one is perspective, because when you're in a reporting structure with someone, you're kind of in the day to day with them. And so your relationship is is dependent is more transactional in a way 
and it's dependent on, you know, certain output, certain performance, and it can be hard to have conversations about things that are bigger than the day-to-day when you're in it with that person, or at least that's sort of been my experience. And there's there's definitely a time and a place and a, a strong relationship with your people and your reporting structure is obviously a good thing, but you certainly want to find people that are just removed from that. In this world of like highly matrixed organizations, just going outside of your direct reporting chain is just a smart thing to do anyways, because you typically have to move around in a lot of different functional areas. And so your network better be larger than that and more expansive than that regardless. Um, it can't hurt you by stepping outside of that, learning what other parts of your organization do, getting that advice, seeking out mentors in those areas, just because in this world, the way that people move around, it's kind of necessary. Totally true, especially if you work in a large organization and or your industry is very small and relationships are very valuable, whether they're mentor relationships or not. Michelle's been talking a lot about her relationships and Lauren has, you know, some really good relation mentor relationships too. And I think it takes time. I've realized it is really important to make the time. So I think, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do it, all kinds of people you can reach out to. Um, and obviously there we can get more t- tactical about who you should look for, how you should look for them, where to find them. But yeah, it sounds like like he's just said, it's there's no time like the present to start this process, no matter what stage in your career you're you're in, and no matter whether you you plan on working in large corporate America for the rest of your life or you want to start a startup. Either way, you need people to help give you advice if they've paved that path before you. They'll have lots of tips and tricks to help you move forward. Um, so no time like the present and kiss a lot of frogs. Um, lots of frogs. <laughs> lots of frogs. But, and, you know, it, it sounds like not only my experience, but you guys' experience too, that it's rare to find one single mentor who will help you through every single situation that you encounter in your career, in your personal life, throughout your entire life, which means that, you know, you're going to have to find multiple individuals to help you through the various scenarios, which the scenarios that each individual encounters is going to be different because we all have unique experiences um, in combination. So go out and find these people, walk up to people and ask them to be your friends and or mentors. Um, But this process is completely repeatable. um, And it's what we've all tried to do or are doing or strive to do. And we've made some mistakes along the way. And hopefully you guys can learn from our mistakes. Send us an email at fourofakind at gmail.com. That's four spelled out F-O-U-R if this totally resonates with you. Or if you think we're completely crazy, you can email us and tell us that too. Yeah, you can also provide feedback on this episode or any other topic you'd like to hear us talk about on Instagram. And that is at fourofakindpodcast. And again, spell out the number four. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. 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 Hey.